Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J, Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis on Survivor Jam Week. The Survivor Jams. With my leader of the opposing team, Team Lukewarm. It's Lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis, your big dick on this week of Survivor Jams. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I actually had a pretty nice little weekend. How was yours? Uh, what did I do? Did I do anything? <laughs> I'm back in that mode where I just don't do anything. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Do you remember? It's like, all one long day. It was like th- week three into lockdown or wherever it was when you said to me just before we sat down to record a podcast, don't ask me how my weekend was because I've got nothing to tell you. So it'd just be better if we can just ignore the awkwardness of having to say that I've got nothing and probably just don't bother asking me again. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, th- that still applies. I don't know <laughs> why you think that's changed. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't done anything. I don't see anybody. Hey, hey, My hey, mate's hey. having a baby right now. So <gasps> I, they really? I'm sort of like living vicariously through him. What's it like in a hospital? <gasps> what is it like outside? Yeah, so... We'll see what happens there. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's exciting. Um, I actually did do something, not on the weekend, granted, because we had lots of like house admin stuff that we needed to do. So our weekend was less fun than we intended because some very nice person bought me an exit game that I wanted what? to that I wanted to play. Some very, very lovely person bought me that as a You gift. haven't got any friends. No, I, I, well, you know, I've got this one friend and and they bought it for me. And I'm very, very grateful for them. Um, but and we were going to play it over the weekend. Um, cause I've now got, you remember I got that, um, uh, my wife made me a table, like a coffee table. We were fine. Like we've actually got it in the, in the house now. So we were finally going to get to use it. And then all of the admin stuff happened and I didn't get around to it. So we just sort of, we watched, um, uh, Jurassic park on uh, Sunday to kind of like cool our minds down a little bit. Unwind. And, on, and on Saturday I watched playing with fire. The John Cena firefighter movie. Yeah. Which my wife suggested oh we could watch that saturday night and i was like let's let's not watch it saturday night that is it's not it's not a saturday night movie it's a like, tea film that is she was like it's a family movie though i was like no no it's it's a kid's film it's, it's very much a kid's film like we'll watch that saturday afternoon with a cup of tea i think is what we'll do 
So I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it, because I certainly find whenever I have to watch a movie and I know I'm interviewing people who are involved in making the movie, something happens in my brain because I don't like making people feel sad. Whereas like, this is the best movie you've ever seen. And I believe it. And I, I still yeah. think that's pretty funny, that film. Yeah. No, and and it's, you know what? It's... um. Because yeah, for for record for reference, you interview John Cena to mm. promote the movie. Uh, just in case people didn't actually see that great interview that you did with them over at Cineworld, when you played a very very fun game, um, I loved it. I know you weren't keen uh, on on your because you don't like doing the interviews, but I thought nah. you were very very good in it. <laughs> um, but I thought that it was pretty good. I thought it was all right actually. I, I quite enjoyed it. It's very yeah. much carried by. John Cena, John Leguizamo, Keegan Michael Key. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like those three are carrying all the heavy weight because the kids are a bit annoying. And <laughs> <laughs> like one of the scenes, if you've not seen the movie, it's basically about like a group of kids who get sort of taken in by John Cena and his. Uh, they're not firefighters; they're like jumpers or something like uh, fight. They're awesome. I didn't know this job existed. They like. Yeah, they're, they're dropped in via helicopters into burning buildings to rescue people that way. It's, it seems to be something uh, you have in the sort of American wilderness. Yeah. So they get, and but the kids then, you know, cause a havoc. And there's one scene where this kid in the next morning just walks in, just spooning peanut butter into his mouth from the jar, mm. and then just walks up to a truck and just starts putting handprints on it. And I'm like, you're a dick, mate. Like, that is, yeah. that's, not, that's not funny. You're just being a knob. It's messy. Is what it is, uh, yeah, and it is. It, even as a kid watching these sorts of movies, I get tremendous anxiety watching people yeah. make things untidy. I don't find that fun. I don't find that no. reckless. No. I'm like, no, just, just just stop it. Progress with the plot. But thankfully, John Cena was there to to lift up, and I thought he was very very charming in it. Do you know what yes. else I thought was charming? This episode of Raw. Uh, if you've thought to yourself, "God, these dicks are really negative about Raw at the moment," we're going to be hella positive this week uh, because there was a big old title change on a great episode of Raw, and here is the review. We've got a new WWE champion, and I have got a new camera. I don't know if it looks any different. <laughs> Feels weird. I'm immediately put off by change. Am I overexposed? I don't even know how to change these settings. I'm Mr. Davis. <laughs> I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen, who I will be facing and defeating and winning the jam that championship belt this Sunday at Survivor Jams. But first, let's talk about an excellent, not just an excellent episode of Raw in general, which is really, really rare right now. It's been really pretty pants for quite some time, mostly through 2020. Last week's, was, I thought it was pretty good, but that was like a low bar because it was so mm -hmm. bad in the months beforehand. And not only that, I think this is objectively a very good go-home show for a pay-per-view, a big five pay-per-view, no less, which WWE traditionally, for the last decade, have been absolutely abysmal at doing. Because in the main event, we got Drew McIntyre taking on Randy Orton in a clean match. No, this there was no tomfoolery. There was no haberdashery. I mean, I, I mean, there was there were weapons and tables and whatnot. Hey, okay. <laughs> Not Raw General Manager Adam Pearce allowed it so. You know when I talked about 
like sort of benchmarks and and base levels. I'm I with mean, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For WWE, this was okay. as clean as a whistle sheet. Sheet. I, I believe he's white as a sheet. No, I believe like in wrestling parlance, they would say clean as a sheet. You beat him clean as a sheet. Sheets in wrestling are infamously dirty. <laughs> I know, right? Which Dirt is why sheets. it's a clean sheet. Right. Well, like a clean yeah. sheet win, you know. So, yeah, what happened is uh, the opening segment kind of built this up for well it was the same opening segment that we've had for the last three weeks it feels like <laughs> i know Some I, thought content... I'd actually, I thought i'd loaded the wrong episode uh, at one point when i started the episode i was like i mean it's it's true he's talking about the title match but this this does feel like it's last week's episode some combination of drew mcintyre randy orton and miz and morrison of course with the money in the bank briefcase came out, cut promos, and interrupted each other. The only thing missing was a bit of fiend action. Uh, but, you know, they said the same thing as always, kind of based around Thanksgiving. Drew's thankful for the Thunderdome, I think he said. Randy Orton was <laughs> thankful for getting loads of fines and suspensions. And I'm like, the, what do you mean, the wellness policy strikes? Yeah, I mean, Drew's promo was effectively, I'm very thankful for this award-winning Thunderdome that brings <laughs> the fans closer to WWE. I'm so thankful for Stephanie McMahon being Adweek's most important woman in all of business. Yeah. Speaking of important people in business, uh, geez, are you streaming from Hades, Mr. Davis? Is Ollie in Twilight now? What's happening? Um, is Ollie flying his spaceship into the sun? I've turned down the exposure. <laughs> it's a new camera, folks. It's fine. What's you look wrong great. with it? Do I look okay? Look... I look great my end. I think you look pretty good, mate. I think you look all right. Uh, just oh, as a bit of housekeeping before we continue talking about Drew versus Randy Orton. That's not the only change on today's show because we also have no super chats on YouTube. You'll see this mm -hmm. teeny, tiny, maybe too small bit of text uh, at the bottom there that says wrestletalk.com forward slash support that is a Streamlabs link where you can get your super chats in there please do, the reason we've done this is because YouTube take 30% of all that lovely donations that you kindly give to us, so we thought let's do a version where, you know Google doesn't come in and swipe a load of the money that you want to come to WrestleTalk Yes. Uh, and also, before we get into the match, let's just quickly cover the news as well, because you may have seen that the thumbnail for this episode was last minute change. Mm. So this has come from various different places. So after Drew McIntyre appeared on SmackDown to effectively build to a Roman Reigns match that wasn't happening because it was meant to be Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, uh, a lot of people thought, ah, well, this means that Drew's probably winning uh, come Monday. But according to uh, WrestlingNews.co, who haven't got the greatest track record, but they weren't the only people to have reported Has that made it better? I mean, now you look like you're in, you're in your cupboard now. Carry on, Luke. Uh, was reporting that as of Friday, the plan is still for Randy Orton to retain the WWE Championship and face Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. Dave Meltzer had even corroborated this report as well. However, he then said, or he put out on Twitter, um, regarding McIntyre's appearance on SmackDown, it all makes sense by the end of the show tonight. So this is what he put out before Raw had started. Uh, he said, however, he did add, at least for the moment. Remember Vince's rule, never waste time promoting a match that you aren't going to deliver. So the kind of speculation that's going around this is that, yeah, 
on Friday, the plan still was for Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. And Drew was sent there just to bump the rating for SmackDown. However, when Drew went there, they were like, oh, actually, Drew's great. Drew's, <laughs> Drew's really good. And him versus Roman could be a really special match at the pay-per-view. <laughs> so on Monday, at the very last moment, they made the decision to put the title back onto Drew. So you, of course, predicted this. I'm just going to turn these lights back on. Uh, you predicted this, well, for the last couple of weeks, as soon as Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns was announced as champion versus champion for Survivor Series, you went, mark my words, they're making they're, they're taking extra care to say whoever is the champion on Raw by then, because there was still this upcoming match between Randy and Drew. Now, that your, your prediction has come to pass. However, that was only the plan as of the weekend. So technically, yeah. am I still right in that it, it it's not going to happen? I, I think you can go from a little from column A, a little from column B, uh, mm. I would certainly say on that. Yeah, I, I had that. Yeah, pretty much after Randy won the title, I was like, I, I guarantee you they will do a title match on TV and Drew will win it. Also, this is the third straight year in a row that they've switched the WWE title. Oh, no, they didn't do it last year, did they? They didn't do it last they did year. It for, they did it for uh, Brian, they did it for AJ. So it's three out of four years they've switched the WWE title just before Survivor Series. I think they would have switched it last year if everyone wasn't stuck in Saudi Arabia, though. Yeah, just had, the, the thing last year was the NXT invasion. It's it's yeah. every year. I mean, we, we keep saying how Survivor Series really doesn't mean anything. It's just bragging rights. It's brand warfare. It's the red shirts versus the blue shirts. And, you know, WWE on the week of or maybe two weeks before the pay-per-view happens, they do pull something out of the bag to make you interested in it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, I'm saying I'm interested. I'm not saying that's the best, most effective way to build one of your biggest pay-per-views of the year. But, you know, they, they, they book themselves into a corner with a rubbish looking show with heel versus heel champions, typically things that never draw. And it forces them to kind of correct some of the bad booking mistakes they've made because, you know, the first one was gender being removed mm -hmm. as wwe champion the next one was daniel bryan turning heel um you know that i personally think that was a great idea it probably came way too soon after his return but he was kind of booked into oblivion as a babyface before then so that freshened things up the nxt invasion and now i personally was excited about randy versus roman but i can totally understand why people were very bored of the prospect of that match so yeah. i think this is a really good change up as do I. Uh, and, that, and that's what I was going to say. Like, cause I, I loved the match and I, I absolutely loved this episode of, of Raw as well. I thought it was a great, great episode of Raw, not just in general, but as you said, as a go home show for them, for most, I'm not going to say most, for some of the matches at Survivor Series, it was a very, very effective go home show. Um, but let's get some of the negatives out of the way first off. Because I put up a tweet, you know, I sent out the, uh, hey guys, what did you think of Raw? Quite recently, the poll um, that we've got up on Russell Talks Twitter, go and give that a follow and have a little rate in the poll. And um, the, a lot of the responses I got were kind of down on hmm. Drew winning. Not because Drew won, it's just why would you take the title so quickly off of Randy Orton yeah. after putting it on him? And SRS, uh, you know, said in his 5-4 reviews, like, and, and me and Sean said this actually uh, after Hell in a Cell, why didn't you put the title on uh, him at Survivor Series? Put the title on Orton at Survivor Slam. Series. So, yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. At SummerSlam, uh, let him run with the belt for a few months, and then you do this title change here, where it will actually feel like it'll mean a lot more for him to win it here 
than just mm. three weeks after the pay-per-view. Because if you were going to take the title off him, you know, if you're going to take the title off Randy, I wouldn't have done the title switch at Hell in a Cell. I would have just had Drew retain. So that's kind of the negative I would put on this is that yeah. what, what, what was the point of Randy Orton's uh, 14th title run here? Yeah, I, and I totally agree. Um, it's one of those things where, yeah, that is bad. And mm. what, what you've actually done is one of the shining lights of WWE in 2020 was made Randy Orton the best he's ever been. You know, just when everyone sort of wrote him off as this boring, doesn't have enough motivation behind him, tedious in, in ring presence. He's doing the best work of his career. Some of the best matches, some of the best promo work, some of the just character wise, this psychologically complex performance he's created has been excellent. And I thought, well, of all the people safe on this roster, Randy Orton has got to be the safest in terms of how he will be booked and pushed as a WWE champion when he wins it. And mm -hmm. it does undermine, you know, eight really solid months of Randy running through people and being very dominating, injuring all those legends. And then they get to the Drew program. And he, I love that match at SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. And they set up a story there that was set to be really, really compelling. And they didn't do that story. They didn't yeah. do the story based around moves and who's the better wrestler. They did the story around, oh, Randy Orton's going to dress up as a secret janitor and beat up a load of legends. Uh, and it, it's nowhere near as grabbing. I think, I think there is a really exciting main event program in the future of Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. And you base that entire program around their three finishes, the Spear, the RKO, the Claymore. That's what I really like about Drew's, Drew's stories. It always yeah. seems to be built around the Claymore. And I'm going to give a lot of credit to WWE here and the creative team, when they are motivated to do something good, they will do something good. And <laughs> just adjusting your light there ever so slightly. Um, and credit where credit is due uh, is due here. We've seen Roman Reigns versus um, uh, Drew McIntyre. We actually saw it at WrestleMania last mm. year. It was a WrestleMania match and no one gave a crap. Absolutely no one cared about it. God, yeah. 18 months later completely turned that around and it's now the match i'm most excited for at survivor series because they've done great work building up drew outside of the hell in a cell loss they've done an amazing job with roman on smackdown and it's the match outside of i'd say street profits new day which i think is going to be an excellent match i'm so so excited about roman reigns versus drew mcintyre 18 months after they had one would have been the most boring match on the card had triple h batista not um wanted to steal that spotlight away from them yeah, but ultimately, let's just quickly touch on the match because we've spoken about this a lot already. Uh, the, the main event to this episode itself, I thought, was really well built up. The whole show uh, sort of masterfully kept that plate spinning throughout the night. You know, we've got this main event, we've got this main event. You'd expect the third hour to really do some good numbers here. Typically, the third hour of Raw is a major drop-off for the show's viewership. It's almost like they shouldn't have one. Uh, so you'd hope this would, you know, be a rare incline of those of those numbers. But the the, the last two weeks, my favorite thing on the show, low key, has not it wasn't not the wrestler low key, but just sort of on the down low, has been Seamus's interactions with Drew McIntyre backstage. Seamus a heel, drew a baby face. 
They're beyond that. They're mates from the old days. Brawling buddies. What did they used to say, Luke? Uh, what was it? Um, kicking heads and drinking kegs. Oh, yeah. Couldn't stop, couldn't stop them for saying it. No. It was like texting each other all the time with that. Totally that, buy it. To me, that's the early 2010s. Is Drew McIntyre yeah. and Seamus running round and saying, let's drink some kegs and bust some heads. Oh, yeah. And Seamus goes up to Drew. And, you know, you just you're just waiting for this friendship to implode. Seamus goes up to Drew backstage and says, look, mate, I've got you a present from from Scotland, from your family. It's your family tradition. And there's this chest. <laughs> there's <laughs> treasure chest. This is awesome. And Seamus walks off, Drew opens it and he picks out like a, the ceremonial kilt. I'm like, man, that's cool. And then Drew turns around and Seamus is there with a flipping sword. I was like, yes. Yeah. I did think it was like, is he going to use it on Randy later? It's like, hey, there's only one way to kill a viper. It's to actually stab <laughs> him with this sword. Oh, whacking day. Oh, <laughs> whacking day. Uh, but yet that's how Drew comes out. I thought his entrance was awesome. Like this was this was a this was a pay-per-view level worthy entrance. He comes out WrestleMania worthy, you might say. On all these matches, WrestleMania worthy. He comes out in the kilt with the sword and he plants the sword in the middle of the stage like a sort of sword in the stone pose. And as he does that, the pyro goes off. I thought that was excellent. And then he walks down. The sword stays there standing up. He walks down. There's his normal entrance. Now, I also thought it was cool. Ruined slightly by commentary, who was saying, like, oh, it's the family sword thought to be lost forever. I was like, since <laughs> when has this been a thing in Drew's character? For like 15 minutes, this has been a storyline for his character. The sword that's thought to be lost forever. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but the match itself uh, was really well worked. I thought it went about 20, 25 minutes, maybe. Mm. So, proper main event caliber. And Randy tries to walk off with the title at the start. Definitely not general manager Adam Pierce goes, no, you're not leaving. Yeah. I don't want no shenanigans. This is no DQ and no count out. And that's when I thought, huh, maybe we will get a finish here because everything about this to me said, you know, screw on finish. Yeah, you said this last week that you thought The Fiend was going to interfere and attack both guys. But like when Drew, as soon as Drew came out on SmackDown, I was like, yeah, I think he's probably winning on Monday. And then he had his promo at the start of the show. And I was like, yeah, no, he's probably winning here. And then he had that big entrance. I was like, yeah, no, he is definitely mm. winning here. Um, now, a little story for you, actually. I had this result spoiled for me um, uh, ever so slightly uh, because... Oh. My, so my other podcast drops on a Tuesday morning and I just opened up my podcast feed to just double check that the episode had gone out live. And I saw that Fightful had posted up a podcast that said new WWE champion. And you know what I thought to myself? I didn't think you dick, Sean, you absolute tool. What I thought to myself was that was stupid, wasn't it? Probably shouldn't have looked there. Probably should have watched the show first and then checked. That's definitely my fault. I've uh, so I've, I've just seen a, a better Better slogan from Sat's Vault here. Kicking guys and drinking pints. I mean, it doesn't rhyme, but I hey, how it, rhymes. It, it makes so much more sense. Um, but yeah, they had this match. There was there was a lot of really nice spots here. It was really physical, nothing over the top, but that's what I like about Drew's matches. It's like a believable fight. He doesn't need to go around and do all these ridiculous spots to, to make you invested. Uh, there was like a... A really good Randy snap power Sam counter off a of Claymore. That took yeah. me by surprise. These guys worked uh, an announcer's table spot 
for about seven minutes, which was just each of them dropping each other on the table. But like, and it was it was captivating stuff, mm. brilliantly punctuated by because the story of the match was Drew constantly missing the claymore or not missing but Randy and avoiding it or countering it. And this was the second one. He went to go hit the claymore on Randy, and Randy ducks. And Drew just lands so hard on this table. I actually thought the way they worked around that table with very very little was absolutely incredible stuff. Like that is doing a lot with very little. Yeah, and it didn't it didn't break. No, Drew McIntyre's huge body is not as effective as Lana. <laughs> kind of astounding. But yeah, that like the some chairs came came in when the match was made no DQ. It got a lot more violent. Uh, but ultimately, a Claymore hit on Randy Orton, one, two, three. A story that would have been absolutely amazing if Drew had never been able to hit the Claymore on Randy in a match. Like they kind of started telling that in summer at the start of SummerSlam. But yeah. overall, like, and there was no tomfoolery afterwards, no fiend appearance. There was no Miz potential money in the bank cash in, which was also kind of teased on this show. So, yeah, I thought really thumbs up. Yeah. And actually, I also credit to WWE in terms of how they structured this show, because you did have Miz at the start come out and say, like, hey, we're going to be sat at ringside and we are. I'm going to cash in tonight is what he told Drew McIntyre. It doesn't matter who wins out of you two, because I'm going to cash in, mm -hmm. which kind of puts that seed in, you know, of, your, of like, oh, no, what's going to happen? And they that could be argued as writing yourself into a corner. But they wrote themselves out of that corner by having the Fiend match. And it was so you furthered the storyline and you got out of a potential like loophole of like, well, why didn't Miz just come out there? That's smart writing. Credit to WWE for that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. 
all the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Lockdown has been hard on lots of people, but it's also been tough on, tough on, well, you know. My big hairy balls, Luke. Yes, yes, your, your big hairy balls, Ollie. So let's thank today's sponsor, Manscaped, for providing the best materials to give you the best manscaping experience possible. This could be the greatest ball shaving of all time. Hygiene is super important in this, the new now. And the perfect package essentials kit by Manscaped comes with everything you need. High performance USB rechargeable body trimmers with its advanced skin safe technology, which is far more impressive than WWE's AR nonsense at their pay-per-views but it's not just your big hairy balls that need sorting out you also need to look at your big your big hairy nails or your i guess your long hairy nails or you know your big your big long nails along with the perfect package kit you should also order the shears 2.0 a newly improved luxury four-piece nail kit with stainless steel slashed tipped tweezers round point scissors fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. Enroll in the Peak Hygiene Plan for quarterly replenishments of your favourite products and get 20% off your order using the code WTTV. There's even free international shipping to the US, Canada, Australia, and the old blighty United Kingdom. So get 20% off your order at manscaped.com using the promo code WTTV. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the code WTTV for 20% off your order. Your neat and tidy balls. Well, thank you. Let's see what you guys think in the, not super chats, but str- 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 Streamlabs chats. <laughs> what are we going to call those? Uh, if, if you're just catching up with us here, we are not doing super chats anymore in the old way because YouTube takes 30% of those. And, you know, you want that hard-earned donations to come straight to us, right? I would hope. Uh, we're doing everything through Streamlabs now. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We will answer all of your comments. Read them all out here. So get them in over there, please. Karen Mirchandani. Merchandani says, actually really enjoyed Raw last night. Thrilled for Drew, but the Orton title run feels like a rating-popping, lack-of-top-stars panic decision now. I think it was less of a sort of panic decision and more of just like a, oh, we probably shouldn't have put the belt on Drew in the uh, on Randy in the first place. So we're just going to go, we're just going to revert back uh, to what we, you know, I think, I think putting the belt on Orton was a mistake in the first place. Uh, the Decker Dane. Nice to see Drew get the title back last night, but it defeats the point of taking it off him in the first place unless plans were Orton have changed. I, yeah, I think that's what's happened. Looking forward to the Drew Roman match, though, should be a show stealer if done right. 
Yeah, because the plan, as were reported by various sources, was it was going to be Randy Edge for the title at WrestleMania. But now there's talks of doing Edge Fiend at WrestleMania mm. instead, which I'm actually, I'm, I'm quite into that. I think that'd be quite cool. And yeah, like Randy Orton versus Edge, that doesn't need the title. And like Edge doesn't need to be WWE champion in 2020. And if Randy's going to feud with The Fiend now, which was set up quite a lot in the last couple of weeks, we said as well, that's a feud that doesn't need the championship belt. Nope. Um, Rene, hello, good sirs. Hope you are having a good day. I just want to say hello. how great Drew McIntyre is. He's a badass, a great wrestler, very charismatic, and an awesome promo. Really feel bad that his title reign isn't in front of fans. Imagine the WrestleMania pop. I know, yeah. Yes, it, that is a shame, but like it's, it's how good Drew is, dude. Like I, I and I'm glad to see that Drew is getting this this shot. It's what we have as British fans we have been saying for the last eight plus years is like, man, that sh that guy should be WWE champion. He's amazing, and he's Scottish. No, he's British. <laughs> British because he's won something now. Like uh, Reese Murray. Reese Johnson. Afternoon, lads. I hope you're all doing well. Glad Drew is back as champ. Makes it a more watchable show. Randy's momentum was drained out months ago. I think Drew should get a lengthy reign with The Fiend winning the Rumble and Fiend wins at Mania. Hashtag All Authority. Yeah, well, we're going to be crushing the Ollie Thorating. We'll be revealing the first member, not the second member, as you idiotically said. The first member. I'm. I'm supposed. I'm the first. You're member. the first I'm the, member. I'm, I'm the captain. Um, I'm really my the first member of my team that yeah, isn't me. At the end of this stream. Oh, I've got friends. All right. You haven't got any you're gonna friends. You're going to see. You're going to see. Uh, but but yeah, I do agree. It's nice to see Drew back. But mm -hmm. I agree with everyone else. They've kind of. Done a number on Orton there. Nate drops surname. I said last week it would be bad booking to change the title, not because Drew isn't great a great champ, but why take it off him in the first place? Yes, please take down Sparkle Ollie at Survivor Jams. Yep. Is it? Is this because of this? This shiny yep. bit of my forehead? I think it, it was just the light on you, man. Don't 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 listen to that. No, don't point it out, mate. Ignore well, that. Everyone ignore else ignore those. said it in the chat. Ignore those mean comments. Carol, Trekkie Carol, who's become, you know, a regular face in the comments now. She's always so lovely. I saw mm. a comment that said, is the light bad on Ollie's forehead or has his hairline genuinely receded that much? And she didn't say she didn't say that as a nasty thing. She said that as a genuine question. It wasn't a trolling comment. Oh, that that makes it worse. Don't listen to those people. Don't listen to those, mate. I think your hair looks really nice. I think you actually, I think you pull that hair off better than most people do. What's that supposed to mean? Well, that's because what I'm saying is that I, I look at, dude, look what I had. Do you remember I had that? Like, and I, I look like an absolute tool, but like you, my friend, look very, very good. You look very distinguished. Lanaia, Lan, Lanaia, Deboose. What about Autumn versus Cena at Mania? Winner gets to a record number of championships. I'm sorry for that very guttural noise that I made there, but someone actually sent us in a, a mailbag question about that. I was like, hey, do you not think that they're making Orton lose the title load so they can have him versus Cena for the best amount of titles? I'm like, who who honestly wants to see Orton versus Cena in 20, let alone 2020, 2021? Do you remember how much we booed them having their last ever match at the Royal Rumble? It was six years ago. Whatever it was, like we don't don't need to see it again. I quite liked your guttural roar there. It was like a <laughs> Roman Reigns impression. 
Oh, God. Orton Cena. No, thank you. But this episode of Raw opened with the sort of Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Miz, copy and paste opening segment we've already talked about. And then we got a six-woman tag. Hey, what really? On an episode of Raw, was Asuka involved? Yeah, she was. Yeah, of course she was. Yeah, Asuka um, hasn't had a feud since SummerSlam. Um, it's the Survivor Series. And hey, she had Lena Vega. That doesn't count, and neither does Mickey James. Neither does Lana. Like neither does Lana. She hasn't had a proper feud since Banks and Bailey, which says to me that WWE just cared about Banks and Bailey as opposed to Asuka as champion. Yeah, which is a massive, massive shame. Asuka in this match also, for the record, was basically tapped out um, by Shayna Baszler. The only reason Shayna Baszler didn't tap out Asuka in this match is because Lana's an idiot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. Let's carry on with that train of thought there. So Lana, WWE are booking Lana as this sort of hapless underdog babyface who gets put through a table every week by Nia Jax. I think this story works, like I said last week, if the end result is Lana becomes a good wrestler and starts beating people and gets a push to go for the title. Otherwise, I can't, I don't really care. Because to what end? To what end is all of this investment besides Vince and everyone backstage getting to laugh at Lana being put through a table by one of the most dangerous workers in the company? Now, you say that, but they've also got a Chronicle episode on her on the network. It's either airing like this week or next year or something, or it's already out. Like, I don't know. So I genuinely think that they want to push Lana as a top star and they do see her as a future champion of this division and i've got i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that i want to see her as champion but it has endeared me to her and lana is not an easy character to endear someone to because she's pretty annoying but i am a little bit endeared to her and i like her working with ba like her finding a tag partner and beating baszler and jacks i'm way more into that storyline than i am rose and whoever her tag partner is Dana Brooke. I'm yeah. way more into like L Lana winning the women's tag titles than Rose and the other one. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that story works if Lana sticks up for herself more at this point. But the way this match came about was Lana requested it to tag with Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax, the two tormentors throughout because all of this. Want, she wants to prove she's not a fluke. Okay, and uh, Adam <laughs> Pierce, in his infinite wisdom, thought they should go against the rest of Team Raw with Asuka. So Asuka, Mandy Rose, and Dana Brooke. Now, the backstage reason for this happening is because Mandy Rose was injured last week, and they wanted a way to write her out of the Survivor Series match. So Shayna does that pretty early on. I don't think Mandy even hits a single move. They get her outside, arm break spot on the steel steps, and later on she was not medically cleared to compete for this Sunday and replaced by Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. Yeah. So it's, it's a circumstantial thing. It's a shame the injuries happened, but yeah, this is, this is all really pretty bad. It's a bad yeah. team. I like Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler. I really, really do. I like their act together. I think they're really good heel women's tag team champions, but it's come at the expense of the rest of the raw women's division. Yeah. And I think that the Raw in particular has done a really, really bad job broadly with its women's division. Um, 
I can't see for all of this year, but almost since Becky went, because if you take away Bailey Banks, like who are SmackDown stars, no one else on Raw has really had much of a push, you know, and, and they've done things with various people, but it's nothing of substance. It is AEW booking of women. Like I'd say that Asuka is being booked at the same sort of level that Hikaru Shida is, which is just you go out there and you have matches, but eh, mm. it's not really a story for you there, though. I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I don't think it's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you know, Asuka got a couple of two-week storylines with title matches on Raw just a month ago. Yeah. Um, AEW does really nothing. That does less than that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, what happened here was, like Luke said, Lana cost her team the the win. Um, Shayna Baszler was annoyed. Nia Jax put Lana through a table. I... Pff, I I'm a bit over it, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So that's nine tables in nine weeks Lana's gone through. Uh, after that, we got AJ Styles trying to get his team Raw to work together. He even brought them red T-shirts. Oh, God, those red T-shirts. They've even got the USA <laughs> Network logo on them. Oh, that's what kids are going to. That's what the kids care about, Luke. It is. I know US. what USA Network and Fox think about the wrestlers on the shows. That's what that's what the kids want to hear. PG product. They know the audience. Um, and the, the framing was really weird here. This is a backstage segment because you had Braun, Sheamus, Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, AJ Styles in the in the background. And then you had that huge guy He's right in the now. front. Yeah. So is it Almus? Uh, the, the associate, I believe, is what his name is now. The name is the associate. Because yeah. I was talking with Nate, website writer Nate, earlier, and he said that the name was Almus, and yeah. there was a joke about uh, that, you know, that AJ Styles, that at the end of the segment, the, the associate says something, and AJ's like, I didn't know you could speak English, like that. And he's like, yeah, I, I can talk fine. <laughs> And, yeah, I mean, he talked fine when he was Shane's bodyguard, like when yeah. he was the bouncer. For, watch Raw Underground, AJ. And Nate said, or theorized, that could be a shot at Andrade Cien Almas for not learning English. Oh. Was, yeah, I, I, was gonna, I, I would I was, not put it past this company. Would not put it past them at all, no, yeah. absolutely not. I just thought they were calling him the associate now. <laughs> uh, AJ's, AJ's acting was fantastic here, as always. The, the segment stopped with him going... I've got so many questions. <laughs> he is. I, I'm. I, I'm. I'm not into the can Team Raw get along. Like I'm. I'm not massively into it at all. Like absolutely. But AJ is is saving this for me because AJ mm. is great. Uh, Mia Yim of Retribution, reckoning her name is, attacked Dana Brooke backstage. Uh, so Dana Brooke was written off as well. Whatever. Uh, then we got the Firefly Funhouse segment with Bray Wyatt having a fun little training montage with Alexa Bliss in the in the Firefly Funhouse, where he's sort of doing all these things to prepare for his match against the Miz later mm. on. And just another thing that made this this episode real feel really special. I thought, you know, Bray Wyatt does not have many TV matches. No, he does not. That's the genius of his new character. He doesn't have to wrestle a lot. Mm. Um, but yeah, he trained in agility, spelling and accuracy where he was throwing darts at rambling rabbits i thought this was an excellent addition of the firefly fun house with a brilliant brilliant punchline of when so you know bray obviously throws the dart kills rambling rabbit with it and then says bullseye and alexa bliss laughs and said more like rabbit's heart 
mm. which really made me laugh. I I was always into the idea of Bliss and Bray. Uh, I think it's taken a while for them to fully develop what their act is together. This episode really was like their arrival, I thought. Yeah, wasn't it just? Yeah. That, um, their segment later was awesome. Uh, but before that, we have, you know, as great as Drew and Autumn was, this was match of the night for me. An excellent tag team championship match between the new day of Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston, of course, versus Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander of the Hurt Business. Absolutely oh, fantastic. Awesome this match was. This match was terrific. All four guys looked absolutely amazing coming out of this. This, like, oh, this should do a massive, this deserves to do a huge number. And this deserves everyone to be talking about how great these four men are because this was terrific. Yeah, they're so athletic. I, you know, I talked about it the other week. Sheldon Benjamin as a tag team wrestler, he's, he's like the most under, one of the most underused people in the company because of like that pedigree of the with the world's greatest tag team with Charlie Haas. He is so, so good. And he's just been relegated to 24-7 title skits and the occasion. Do you remember this gimmick? Oh, yes! Yeah! <gasps> I'd forgotten about that! What became of that? <laughs> Podcast listeners, he's doing the shifty eye gimmick that Shelton Benjamin had for a little while. Like, like three weeks he had that or something. Yeah. Uh, Felt like three months. It came round here. He he was my MVP of this match to <laughs> to to really confuse people to use that expression here, uh, because we had a literal MVP at ringside for the hurt business. The, the, the there was a spot where Kofi Kingston jumped up to do the boom drop. There was a weird camera cut, but this was live. And when the camera refocused, Kofi was somehow in a powerbomb position for Shelton. So Shelton got from laying down to a vertical position in. In, in a beat. Yeah, it was nuts. You want to talk about nuts? Cedric Alexander's dives. This lad would, did some suicide dives where there was absolutely no regard for his own safety. I mean, he pretty much whiffed past uh, Kofi on all three of the ones that he did. But like, it was, the speed was amazing. And how he did not get hurt, I mm. don't know. It was absolutely amazing stuff sucks that wwe's camera work is horrendously terrible that they missed the story that was saved kofi on the third one so that they could like mm. go into the next spot but yeah man his dives were absolutely i nearly swore they were that good but they were yeah. they were flipping insane i also th there were some great near falls in the last yeah, couple were. of minutes of this match oh my god i bought into the hurt business winning uh, at least twice. One of mm -hmm. them was a fantastic near fall off an angle slam from Benjamin. And I think, I really think the, the, and I usually hate this, the challengers beating the champions in a non-title match just last week. I think it was two weeks really, ago. Yeah. Really made me buy into them picking up the titles here. So did I. Absolutely. Yeah. I really thought that we might get a title change. I, and that's, you know, credit to all four guys bought into every single one of the near falls that they had. Terrific stuff. Go out of your way to watch that match. Uh, then we got Sheamus giving Drew the sword backstage. <laughs> and then we got a uh, for Captain AJ. He needed to, to get his guys to work together. So he put them against Retribution. 
a good little tune-up match because no one likes retribution this was basically done to make fun of retribution as well like aj was absolutely burying them on commentary he called them idiotic and he's not wrong and this match was designed this match had two purposes to make team raw argue and put over can they even coexist this coming sunday and also to make retribution look like absolute jabronis which yeah, they the did successfully so yeah mm. they won but they they didn't beat team raw team raw beat themselves and then ali scored a win i think that will be the story on sunday i think team what? raw will lose to a more coherent team smackdown a team smackdown a coherent unit yeah, it's more coherent do you know who's on team smackdown kevin owens and seth rollins who spent almost like this time last year they were feuding like uh, they, they hated each other they had wrestlemania matches together kevin owens beat him twice at wrestlemania that was on another brand oh, they're totally so different right, yeah. now baron uh, corbin like they're not they jay uso is the only star on that team at the moment this match was it had its moments. Keith Lee's hot tag was magnificent. He used mm -hmm. members of Retribution as weapons against other members of Retribution. But the uh, the Braun Strowman and Sheamus just couldn't stop him fighting, and they sort of cost the match really by both wanting the pin. Riddle got rolled up in the confusion, and Ali won. Hmm. Yeah, it was. It, I, I, it didn't put over retribution whatsoever, and I think it can finally, finally put to rest that um, this 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 whole retribution thing is about Ali. It is you know, hey, we call I called up T Bar because of Keith Lee mm -hmm. leaving him behind because those two had zero interaction with each other. T Bar didn't get in there wanting to face up against Keith Lee. It's Ali trying his best to make this group feel like a big deal and the group themselves, but WWE just not caring because they do see them as a joke. Yeah, sorry if I look a bit distracted. Apparently Chopper Pete is loading something retribution of hacked WWE's Twitter account. Cool. We, we might have some photo evidence of that soon. It's Here it done, is. apparently. Yep, they've, they've, just, they've, changed, they've changed the logo and they've they've taken away the banner. Mm. Yep. And they're, they're retweeting members of Retribution as well. Oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after that, oh, should we get the banner back up, please? Oh, yes, of course. Sorry. Uh, after that, we got Nikki Cross looking backstage for Bliss, and then Sarah Schreiber, who I've now donned the question machine. She was <laughs> yeah. like, she was addicted to questions. This made me laugh so much because it was so wank, where you know, Nikki Cross is walking, and then Sarah Schreiber with a camera crew runs up to her, <gasps> like, like she's got the biggest scoop, biggest update to ask in the world. It's just like, what will you do about Alexa Bliss at Survivor Series and her relationship with The Fiend? I'm like, well, that's just a generic question. And then, like, Nikki Cross says an answer. No follow-up from Schreiber. No. Just is, turns I'm, I'm around. moving on. Turns around. Yeah, Fadi, what are you doing? There. It was like Davina McCall on that dating <laughs> show on the street, street date. <laughs> and she runs over to Jeff Hardy. No, no, like, hey, Jeff, how you doing? No, this is Jeff Hardy. And just goes, what do you think about Elias or, or, or his upcoming match or some nonsense? And Jeff like, just ignores her. And says, "Ugh, these flyers are these flyers annoy me." With Elias's wanted photos. Do you remember when they had their guitar and a pole match, and you said, "Well, at least that's the end of the feud." 
And I was like, don't count on it, mate. They'll still be feuding in a couple of weeks' time. Lo and behold, mate, they are still feuding. Yeah. yeah, so Jeff went to find Elias. They got physical backstage. Yeah. Yeah. They are still I mean, Jeff, Jeff threatened to murder Elias. Like, because, you know, his, he said, hey, if if you keep up with this, I'll be guilty of a lot worse than hitting you with a car. Mm. Murder is, is what I'll be guilty of, because I'm going to murder you. We need, we need Commissioner Caruso up in here. Restore some order. Commissioner Caruso, more on board with an, the not-raw general manager, Adam Pearce. Uh, and finally, for this part of the review, because we've already covered the main event, we got The Miz versus Mr. Rogers, Bray Wyatt. So not The Fiend, but Bray Wyatt wearing his red cardigan and she knows. And Bliss walked out to sort of give the introduction. This was this sort of real arrival of their act that me and Luke mm. were talking about. She's earlier. got new music now as well. Yes. And she she starts to do the intro spiel, but Nikki Cross walks out and is like, please, Alexa, come back to me. The, get away from the fiend. And Bliss like looks at her and then just slaps her across the face. And then Bray comes out and Bray like death stares Nikki and then looks at looks at Alexa and goes, well, hey, and starts getting oh. all cheery again. It was an incredible moment. The death stare that he gave Nikki Cross of just like, don't you F this up. <laughs> but doesn't want Alexa Bliss to see that. So he looks like he's like, well, hey, hey, nice to see you. And so they were all cheery. They walked down to the ring together. Alexa Bliss was cheering him on at ringside. He was blowing kisses to her. I'm not the biggest fan of Miz and Morrison, as you well know. Uh, I think their act is incredibly annoying <laughs> and, and not in a good way. Um, but man, I thought they were selling this absolutely brilliantly. I thought Morrison was selling on the outside brilliantly. Miz was incredible in ring selling, like how scary is of an unhinged uh, this Mister uh, the, the Mister Rogers Bray was. Just, just really, really good. And Alexa Bliss, I honestly thought this was a stunt double. Because Alexa Bliss did this moment where she dived onto Morrison and they just clattered over the barricade. And Alexa like screamed as she did it. I the way that they landed so horribly, I was like, that had to be a stunt double. Like, because it was like no it was not no regard. It was it was amazing. Or hopefully some crash mats behind the barricade. You can work yeah. this, wrestlers. I, I keep thinking, <laughs> no, 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 we have to do this for reals. Um, yeah, that was great because Morrison kept interfering and, and Bray was getting more and more frustrated. The way Bliss took took him out was like like she was possessed. Yep. Like she, she and, was completely committed to destroying Morrison. And just when you thought, oh, this segment can't get any better, uh, Wyatt picks up the pin with the sister Abigail and then he and Alexa Bliss are walking up, holding hands, smiling at each other. And then the fiend's face appears on the screen. They stop dead in their tracks and just look up at the screen. And I was, I, oh, this is the best thing on Raw. Hands down, this is the best thing on Raw. I absolutely love it. I, I actually preferred the bit slightly before that because Bray wins and then Bliss's head creeps up over the barricade. She's just flown over with like this really happy sort of crazy grin on her face and then she she tightrope walks on the barricade and bray's like oh isn't this cute yeah love it i think this is really really exciting stuff so great uh and then after that angel gaza cut a promo saying he wants to you know sort of find his love yeah ah, this, this is three not, weeks now this is not the best thing on raw no. Uh, so I gave it, you know, we, we, we've sort of moved from a five 
a five-tiered rating system to a four-tiered rating system because Twitter will only let us have that many options. So shall we check in on what everyone thought? Yeah. So that, that's go. definitely weighted towards a high three out of four. Yeah, that is 54% for good with 17.9% voting it excellent. I actually voted for, for excellence on this because I thought the show was was terrific. Surprised that 12% voted for terrible. I suppose you can't please everyone. Yeah, I also went for excellent. I, you know, by Raw's standards, this was an <clears> excellent <throat> show. Very enjoyable. Yeah. Imagine if it was it's, two hours long. I was going to say, if you've been watching Raw for like the last three months... And then you get this episode. This was the, the just, this was a, a revelation of how good Raw can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a really, as a build to Survivor series as well, mostly brilliant. The women's stuff aside, and the lip service that you just give, like, by the way, Bobby Lashley is facing Sami Zayn. Get excited, folks. Uh, I thought the, the, the men's stuff was pretty good. And I'm so into Drew versus Roman. Cannot tell you. to get used to that but first it's thank you 25 a month or more pledge hammers on patreon never wrong tyler wright Jeez. no he's not Woo! the incredible tarzo yeah thank you yo adrian rocky yes uh something that ollie davis can certainly sympathize with bad connection thomas lagden has it been okay this stream it's been mostly okay you've had a couple of wobbly moments but it was mostly okay what is wrong with this house? The sassy Southern Belle, Morgan Evans. Oh, she's sassy. Or he's sassy, I should say. Uh, they, they're sassy. LL Cool J, pause. Thank you very Ooh. much. Send me to heaven, Evan Reich. Lovely stuff. Pick him up, Loot Sponge. Thank you, Spongy. Golden, Nick Holden. Holding on to what's golden. The old codger, Dodgy Roger. Cheers, Roger. The power couple, Stephen and Giovanna. Thank Love you. Love those guys. Michael Plowman. That's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for all your emails to me as well. Reworking WWE entrance lyrics to, to include my name. It makes me happy. Uh, the redneck, Dennis Hicks. Crikey. Lovely stuff. My Immortal is my favorite song. Mashy. Good for you, my friends. The man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swaft, Inter- Swaft Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. There it is. Everybody. Thank you all so much. If you want to get your own wrestling nickname and a cheap pop, go over to WrestleDork's Patreon page. Become a pledge hammer there. Where we've got loads of exclusive content. Luke and I are recording our WrestleTalk Extra classic pay-per-view review episode tomorrow, which is Survivor Series 2001. Without giving any spoilers, what did you think of the show? Well, I watched it all yesterday. I had, a, I had a great time. Two and a half hours, mate. It's a two and a flew half by. hour show. Oh, an, flew by. An hour of that's one match. I know, yeah. Yes, so let's finish off with the Streamlab donations before we get to <laughs> Luke unveiling how he doesn't have any friends. Uh, Tyler Woodward. For this, folks. 
Drew as champion, Drew ratings. See what I did there. Also, the only match I'm excited for at Survivor Series is Drew versus Roman. The rest can get the bin. I'm getting sick of Lana going through the table. Nia is unsafe and meh. Hashtag. Get rowdy. Yes, please. Uh, MWO for life, whatever that is. No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm also please. looking forward to the tag match and Banks and Asuka. Same here. Yeah, I mean, Banks and Asuka, are gonna, it's had zero build, but I think they're going to have a great match together. And the tag match, I think, is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Nathan Fultz. Incoming from Canes, Knox County. Of course, Nathan's our man on the ground there. The Hurt Business, Drew and The Fiend, has been the only good thing about Pandemic, w about pandemic WWE. That being said, who will flourish when fans return and who won't? I can see them capitalising on Jeff Hardy when fans return. I would add to that, um, Bailey and Banks. I think Bailey and Banks has actually comfortably been the best thing in WWE this year. I don't think anything will change because WWE never listened to their fans before the pandemic. I was, I was thinking about this during the main event and, you know, because they, they piped in the noise of this is awesome. And, I, and you know, they can boo the heels when they're doing stuff. And I just thought, I don't think they'll ever have fans back again because there's, there's no better fan to control than a soundboard that will just pipe in the noise you want to hear. Nate drops surname. Sorry for earlier, Ollie. You're a handsome dude. I know. I don't need your thoughts on it. Thoughts on Miz cashing in money in the bank on the Intercontinental title this Sunday, mm. since it's the one night a year, etc., etc. Seems like a great chicken S-word heel way to get his record reign. Money in the bank already devalued a bit anyway. Yeah, and I, was, I, did, I had this when people said that oh, it should cash in on the tag champs. It, it should be for the top titles and the top titles only. Otherwise, what's the point? Dan Stafford necking pints and picking fights. <laughs> it, at least it's English. I like or this British. recurring meme now. Uh, my prediction, Lana gets put through the table at Survivor Series, slides into the ring just as SmackDown appears to have won, and gets the roll-up elimination win for Raw. Thanks for the great content every day. The All Authority. No, thank you. I think that's that's probably what will happen, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, Dan, it, it, unfortunately, that's not, you're not the first person to have come up with that prediction. Um, but yeah, I, and I think you're, you're probably right. But of course, to what end? <laughs> to become, to be Asker. Nathan Foltz again, thank you very much. You've, you've donated a lot here. Also, I wanted to say a personal thank you. I've watched all your content for years now since it was just Mr. Davis. You guys have helped me through a lot, keeping me distracted from the real world, even for the smallest bit of time. Thank you, WrestleTalk. Thank you very much, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, Craig Kelly. I'm related to Raw. I was wondering if Luke would have any advice for what to do after my last year of studying film at uni. Given that he graced us with Oscar-snubbed top toy gory and landed a job at WrestleTalk, I wouldn't mind being the Sandow to his Miz. <laughs> Uh, yes, you can. Toy Gory, it's still available on YouTube, the stop-motion animation movie that I made while I was at university, featuring a Oscar-worthy performance from yours truly, with a quite terrible Mohican cut as well. It is mm -hmm. quite, a sight to, it is quite a sight to behold. I don't know quite what I was thinking with that haircut. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's just doing as much as you can. Unfortunately, the sort of the TV film world is is very reliant on people just working for free. But if you can make some good connections there, then that's kind of the way forward. You just got to plug away. Work that's experience, it. work experience, work experience. Placement, mm -hmm. runner. 
It's just like oh, yeah. just like wrestling. You know, you job for years and you, you travel everywhere and put up the ring and just do everything, make yourself indispensable, and then maybe someone might give you a tenner. <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky, or maybe even might just pay for your lunch if mm -hmm. you know if you're really lucky. Amro, hey Luke, what version of the Twilight Zone is your favourite? Also, have you ever watched The Outer Limits? It's the same kind of thing, and it's pretty good. Yeah, I have seen The Outer Limits. Uh, the original is my favourite version of the the Twilight Zone. Eighties is a bit hit and miss. The two thousand series is <coughs> dreadfully bad. Um, and I actually thought the Jordan Peele reboot has been pretty good. Actually, I've I've been enjoying a lot of it. I've enjoyed it more than like it's the second best version of the Twilight Zone. But yeah, the original series. Series one, two, and three, I think, are my, my best ones. There's some good, there's some gems in series five, though. Thank you, Rinny, for a donation and no message. And also for the final one here today. So, no more Streamlabs donations, please, because we'll be coming to Luke's unveiling of how he's not got any friends now. Uh, from Rinny, what will the Survivor Series reaction lineup be? Will it be all the members of both teams? Yes, it is going to be a three on three elimination match throughout the whole of the live reactions of Survivor Jams, it's Team All Authority of myself, Chopper Pete, and Nugay Louis Dangor, versus Team Luke Warm. Oh, there it is. There's the, the picture slowly loading like a dial-up connection. <laughs> Team Luke Warm, which is just going to be Luke. And those two Casper-friendly ghosts behind him. But they're not friendly for Luke, because Luke doesn't have any friends. Uh, we're just going to well, last donation in what Maybe. does it say oh here we go daz daz dazzle rgb why is pierce not a gm he's already making matches might as well make him the gm for both brands because WWE said they weren't going to have general managers anymore they said that they weren't doing authority figures and it's the actually one time that they're sticking to their word <laughs> by not having an authority figure even though he is just an, he is an authority <laughs> figure Ollie Davis, prepare for your segment to be killed because we've got an email from I've Adam. I've got the jams um, up. I've got the jams. I'm ready to do says, a jam. He says, hey, Lukewarm and Mr. Davis, was hoping that as you describe each type of jam, you could also suggest the best type of spoon to serve and eat it with. <laughs> Thanks, Adam from Australia. Swift under. I think it's a great addition. And I don't think that has killed the segment at all. I think it's enhanced it. I'm thinking I'm running the spoons through my head. And I think the answer is always going to be a teaspoon. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. You don't, I, wanna, um, you don't want to dish it on. You don't want to ladle. So we talked about this on, I think, the AEW review, maybe even last week's Raw review. But uh, I went to the park yesterday, went for a, to a walk around the fields with my brother um, uh, close by to our house. And we actually we went to the park and we played chess and it was very lovely. And my brother's a very, very kind gentleman. And he brought us a packed lunch and he brought us cheese sandwiches and a cup of tea for us to eat while we played chess. And in that cheese sandwich was some of my mum's damsin chutney. And uh -oh. it was delightful. It was excellent. The famous Luke's mum's chutney. Of course, chutney was last Thursday's it was. jam and of the podcast. And it made me think of this segment. Now, I lost the chess game, by the way, just, just for the uh, record. I made, I made some slop. I had him on the back foot as well. Like for the majority of the game, I had him on the back foot. And he even said to me, it's like, 
I think you might win this. Bearing in mind that I've not beaten my brother at chess in 25 years. And uh, I thought that maybe this will be the day. And it w- it was not. I made a lot of sloppy decisions. I got too cocky, got too arrogant, and he just, he completely blew me apart. Phenomena Zone board mm-hmm. game video host Luke Owen destroyed at one of the most famous board games ever made. Indeed. But let's find out today's jam, the jam of the podcast. It's the Pod Jam. Pod Jam. Let me know. What comfy. Com- it's comfy. Comfy. Comfit. Hey. <laughs> Up to a great <laughs> Are you gonna get comfy? No. I'm gonna get comfit. Comfit. So uh well this makes sense. It's the it's a French verb where comfy comes from, uh, which is con fire. Well at least it's spelt that way. I don't know how the wacky Franks pronounce it. And that is the verb to preserve because as you know all of these jams are fruit preserves uh, so comfy it's uh, most often applied to the preservation of meats but it can also be used for fruits or vegetables seasoned and cooked with honey or sugar till jam like mm. mm. savory comfies such as ones made with garlic or uh, fennel may call oh. for a savoury oil such as virgin olive oil as the preserving agent. I and I mean I know your feelings on this. I hate it. I, do lo- I love fennel, man. It's so lovely. Me and my wife are massive into fennel at the moment. Fennel sausage is a big thing. Like we're doing we're making like sausage crumb oh, to go on top God. of like pasta dishes, and you fry that up with a little bit oh. of oil and fennel. It's absolutely phenomenal. Hey Luke, ask me what I've had for lunch every day for the past three weeks. What have you had for lunch every day for the past three weeks? Burger, homemade beans, and sauerkraut. <laughs> oh, sauerkraut, mate. Delightful. Love a bit of sauerkraut. I've uh, I've realised I spend too much time thinking, what, what should I have for lunch today? I'm, and I thought, I'm just going to have the same thing. <laughs> so I, bought, I bulk ordered loads and loads of that. And it comes in sort of weekly, fortnightly batches. Just chow down. Anyway, comfy. Uh, there's some other stuff about the African version of it. Uh, Can I just, sorry, just just to go back to mm-hmm. your lunch, baked beans. No, like uh, so I just put beans in a pot with like a sort of, of slow beans? cooked dish. Uh, I've got me, I've got me, me pinto beans. Got okay, me, right. Um, my black eyed beans, my turtle beans. Mm-hmm. Yep, black beans. I'm with, I'm with you. Lovely stuff. What was the other bean we had, Anna? Beans. I've said black-eyed beans. What was what was the main one in the last batch? Pinto was it pinto beans? Pinto beans again. Bon 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 bons. Bon bon bon. Birthday cake. Uh, so yes, this uh, the African version seems to seems to also include a bit of ginger. Mm. Um, theorised that it came from the French which is why the spelling's so similar. And the word is also based on the French term confiture via the Dutch confiche, meaning candied now, fruit. Wow. Going along with your confit pronunciation, do you want to just say them as they're written down as opposed to trying to say put an accent on <laughs> Honestly, if I do, it's confit. <laughs> they're spelt differently. Comfit <laughs> is the Afrikaans version, and Comfidget, I guess, is the Dutch, <laughs> phonetically. 
Right. Well, I mean, what another a great segment, an absolute home run. And it is going to continue yeah. because no one's emailing in about it. You have not effectively killed the segment yet. Support at WrestleTalk.com. Give us an email. Hey, we're still looking for your uh, Apple podcast reviews. Apple podcast, by the way, sent me an email. They've changed the game, Mr. Davis. Ooh. I know we're going to go live, but Apple podcasts have changed the game. They sent around an email blast yesterday to everyone with an Apple podcast to let them know that they've got the newest innovative thing for their podcasts. You can now embed them into websites. Say what? So, you know, things you can do with any podcast platform for the last 15 years, oh Apple God. Podcasts are now on board. It's like having a major competitor finally force them to do something. <laughs> Where else have we seen that in business? It just never happens, does it? Anyway, that is all we've got time for this podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back uh, tomorrow with Survivor Gems predictions. That's right, folks. Predictions podcasts are back. Not by popular demand, but we think you want them anyway. Take care, everyone. I love you. Goodbye. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.